Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, we're a few days late once again, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's becoming a, the reality of putting family first has, has been, yeah. you know, at the forefront of our minds. Um, and so, you know, I'm bear with us, you know, audience, uh, as we kind of navigate through trying to juggle work and, and family time and, you know, trying to do this for y'all. But at the same time, you know, we're glad to be here, glad to be talking about LAFC, you know, during the Derby week. Um, yeah, it's always going to be fun. So listeners can't see this, but I can. And Josh is rocking. It's about half a Fu Manchu at this point. Uh, Josh, what's the uh, what's the explanation here? So I'm, so I officially resigned from my current job. Um, okay. Last yeah. last Wednesday, we had been talking about this off the air, um, and so I just 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 did it. Just for just going it. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my I I maybe that was my excuse. I at least gave to my wife. Whether or not it will last, <laughs> how long it will last, I don't know. But we will see. I usually do shave right before I start coaching during football season. Mm. So likely as we head into August. And before the season starts, that's it'll come off, and then we'll let it's gotta it go at least back be gone by then. Yeah. So we'll the see. last time I shaved a mustache, uh, I was still in the reserves at that point, actually, and uh, I had to shave for the weekend. I just shaved a mustache just to show, just to, like see what would happen with my family. And my seven-year-old, who was about six at the time, had an absolute breakdown tears wouldn't look at me <laughs> wouldn't he like ran away crying and screaming uh so good instincts on that six-year-old yes yeah. i mean the reaction from, from my daughter is usually just <laughs> laughing at me hysterically but you know that that i'm not sure that only applies to to my mustache just things in general all right well uh let's get into let's get into this vancouver match um it was one nothing vancouver again at home over LAFC, it seems like that's one of the you know they're in, they're in Carson. LAFC just can't win. Uh, heavily rotated squad. It's very clear that they were at the end of a you know three game three game week last week. Uh, so they rotated a bunch of people, probably in anticipation of the big game against against Galaxy this week. Um, I think there's a little bit more to be said than just that they rotated. I think there are problems with the three-five-two that they ran out with. But Josh, what are your, what are your thoughts initially on on this match? Yeah, I mean, i I get I get the intent, right? The execution leaves some leaves something to be desired. But again, I'm also not going to get that worked up over it. The way yeah. I probably the way that we've definitely probably would have had this happen last season, you know. Um, you know, currently the that way it was more things, of a trend last season. Absolutely, yeah. right. Yeah. Whereas this season, um, you know, the way things were going, especially after that neat, the Red Bull win, right? Like everything's trending in the right direction. You mm-hmm. you bring Gareth Bale, you bring Giolini, right? And you still have this DP spot that you know we're hoping gets filled sometime in the next month. Um, yeah, right. You're at that point. We're we're kind of like, yeah, it happens, right? You're going to lose games right over the course of a season, right? There's there's, you know, there's a reason why the Invincibles are known, you know, are, are renowned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it just doesn't happen all that often. And so heading into this one, right, you look at the, the starting line that comes out, you're like, hmm, like I can see, you know, like I said, it's turf, right? 
and not good turf mm-hmm. beyond that too, right? Like for whatever reason, bank BC. I don't, I don't know what good turf is, Josh. <laughs> I mean, this one just looks like like OG astroturf, right? Like the like carpet on top of concrete <laughs> versus. You know, like, like the stuff your grandma puts in her backyard. Yeah. <laughs> like she puts sure. it over it's, cement it's, in it's her what, backyard. It's what, it's what I bought so my dog can pee on it. Um, <laughs> versus obviously like the, um, what you would see, for example, like in an NFL stadium with a little, with a rubber pellet and all these crazy things, right? Which again, in my opinion, has no place in the game. But, you know, um, again, if you have, if you have to pick one versus the other, and I'm going with the, the NFL turf versus whatever the heck they're playing up there. Um, again, I have no idea if it's actually any different. It just it just looks doesn't look good um, yeah. when yeah. I see it. Um, like I said, I feel like I'm watching like a 1990s baseball game at the you know at the Minneapolis Metrodome or the what is it the what is the, the Mariners used to play um, the Kingdom. Know, or it's just the Kingdom. There you go. Yeah. They, you know. So again, but you know, it's also a small. It's a small pitch. I, I actually looked it up during the game. Uh, just a hundred by seventy, um, mm. so very much. I, I know that the I think it's who is it the the Vancouver Lions or something, British Columbia Lions mm-hmm. or whoever it is in the Canadian Football League. Uh, that's where they play. It looks very much like an NFL sized, uh, or I should say, an American football sized uh, field. Yeah. And so it's it's narrow. It's it's weird to watch on that. Is Atlanta that narrow, or do they move things back? I don't think so. I don't. It, it's never struck me as that narrow, but it could be. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, this one did. I think it's because I was paying so much attention to uh, both back lines, given that they were both in a back three. Um, yeah. And it was interesting to me to see how well a back three could fill the width of that field, um, where normally back threes can get a bit stretched right. on like a proper, what I would call a proper. I mean, it's still 70, 70 yards is still permissible. Uh, by FIFA, I would I would argue that it's not ideal, um, but it's like the minimum, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we play at this one at the same time though. We have a stadium that's in. I mean, a, a team that plays inside of a baseball stadium. So. Oh yeah, no. This is this is not this is not NYCFC, right? I mean, yeah. and they were rightfully clowned on by Atlanta fans who play on turf as well um, over the weekend, but. Uh, I think I think I've read that that one is just sixty five meters, or sixty five yards, or I'm not exact. Yeah. I know I know the FIFA measurement is seventy yards. I don't know what that translates into into meters, but uh, I know that coaches have walked and said it's only sixty five yards at, at Yankee Stadium. But this is, one is listed rather, as seventy. Would you rather play on AstroTurf or second base? I don't know. Um, I'd I'd rather play nine aside. <laughs> Yeah. On second base, I guess. It's, <laughs> that should be the new rule when you when you go to NYCFC. Like you yeah. just play nine aside instead because that's the that's why, the size field it should be. Yeah, and this and this going back to something that happened over the week. This is why we don't ever defend Major League Soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, shenanigans like this. How long has NYCFC been in the league and like they're still just allowed to operate like this? And it's yeah. always been the case that you have to have a like a proper place to play, and especially in the last five or six years, like any expansion is, you have to have a soccer specific stadium, which is a good thing. That's a good requirement. Um, but man, you had to, you had to get City Football Group in. So yeah. anyway, let's get back to the Vancouver match. Um, 
so yeah, they, they rotated, thought they could steal a point on the road, nearly had it, slipped up at the end. Um, could have done a much better job at creating. I don't think Vancouver really did anything special uh, throughout the match. Again, I, I think their, their back three is very well drilled in playing on a, on a more narrow pitch like they were, and so it's harder to create. This version of the 3-5-2 that Chirondolo ran out, I am not a fan of, and I think it, it's beyond the personnel as well. Last year, when we'd see a, a three-man back line, Bob would often be in a 3-5-2 that was like a 3-4-1-2, so like with a 10, right? Uh, and and running more from a double pivot. Now, when I see that, it it creates a few more triangles on the field, right? It creates a few more um, a few more vertical channels where you're making longer passes. So, for example, a double pivot in a double pivot, you're bypassing the ten to get the ball to the feet of a striker, um, because those you know the attacking midfielder and the striker right aren't right on top of each other. Um, and this one, I just, man, it seemed like Janela and Blessing and Musovsky and Chicho were just all over each other the entire time. Chicho and Musovsky still dropping in, which is fine, but you don't need them to do that when you have two attacking midfielders in place. Yeah, and if you're, you're going to do it, right, you, in that same fashion, right, you have to have the two forwards play super wide. Right, and, yeah. then, and then allow the midfielders to run into the channels. But yes. this one, it's like you had the forwards run the channels, and then you had the the midfielders run in in the channels behind them. Or or instruct your midfielders to run out wide more, and then mm-hmm. your wingbacks tuck in a little bit more as they as they move up the field to occupy those positions. Um, I just I just they were all over each other the entire time, and part of that is personnel. Again, you have. Janela and Blessing, who aren't exactly attacking midfielders, right? Uh, Blessing has been great as an anti-10, right, in that attacking midfield position, but not as a creative number 10, as as an inverted destroyer like we used to talk about so much. Janela is an 8. Like, that's what he is. And so (laughs) trying trying to put a square peg in that round hole just has not worked out. And LAFC do not play with traditional 8s. Ever. So I, it's, it's the reason he doesn't fit. Chicho was on the ball plenty. And I think he had, uh, I don't think he was done any, any good by receiving the ball where he was. He was receiving the ball so far from goal that he had to do everything himself and try and weave through too much traffic. So it's not, it's not really his fault as far as I'm concerned that he was ineffective on, on Saturday. It's mostly a systemic failure. And then Musovsky, we all know, like Musovsky's picking up the ball in that same spot. If Chicho can't get it done, there's no way you should ever expect Musovsky to get it done. He's not he's not the same caliber of player, right? Uh, and that's okay. It's just it's again, uh, you're not marrying the right tactics with the right personnel. And in a game where you're rotating anyway, I know it makes it hard, but to me, that's that's the big failure is the attacking mids not being able to combine in the right way with the strikers. And then, I mean, Musovsky and, and Chicho are, are similar type strikers, right? They do both want to get on the ball a little early and, and run with the ball a little bit, but not that much. Uh, two, three touches in the box and score. Um, and it's just, they're, they're too similar. I think if you would have paired up Chicho with somebody else, a different, a more dynamic type of uh, more vertical striker, I mean, maybe if you just 
Opoku is the one that starts, but I, again, I know we're trying to rest guys, but uh, you're always going to run into problems if that's if that's the combination and those are the tactics that you're running out of those with those front four. Yeah, I mean, redundancy has always been our biggest issue as it pertains to the attack, right? And not necessarily just specific. I mean, the forge for sure, right? Where they all kind of do the same, whether it be the combination of um, since Rosie left, basically, right? The combination of Virad, Chicho, and Bella all play a bit too similar, right? Mm. Bella is the one as of late that's been doing a little bit more to kind of open up opportunities for everyone else, right? Him dropping into the midfield deeper, um, you know, goes goes a long way to opening up the field for everyone else, right? Yeah. But when you don't have that, you don't have, every, you know, you're saying everyone just ends up being on top of each other. And so, again, like it's, it, you sound like a broken record because it's kind of the same. The 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 flaw. There's a few still small flaws in in the roster construction, which you wonder if these are some things that they can probably you know that they can work out. You know, because I, I don't know if those guys, some of those guys' value has ever been higher. Yeah, you know, I like, mean, I think I think adding Bale alone irons it out, right? Because now. <laughs> Now it's not Rodriguez or it's not it's not Chicho on it's it's Gareth Bale right. What one thing I will say about Chicho is his ability as the false nine or playing like a false nine isn't in his dropping deep, getting on the ball, and then creating like a ten right, driving the ball to pressure and then setting up. His ability as a false nine is come deep, get on the ball, lay off a pass, and then go make a run off of the off the mm. ball. And that's that's really that's really useful. Like that's that's the way I coach my strikers, right? Yeah. Uh, again, I I I I always hesitate to make youth soccer comparisons, right? Because this is something completely different. Yeah. And I'm not the caliber of coach that Chirondolo is. I, that's not that's not the point in bringing this up. The point is, I love that type of striker, right? Drop in, lay it off, make a run off the ball, and then go finish, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's what a striker does. Everybody else has different cups of tea. Um, whereas Vela, when he's when he's the false nine, he can play as that ten, right? Mm-hmm. Dropping in, get on the ball, step to pressure, either beat the pressure on your own or with a pass away, uh, whatever it is. But it's it's a different type of of player, right? Um, so for me, if it, if it's Chicho that that's still there, running off of Gareth Bale and 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 Vela, like it's going to be. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Will uh, he have to adjust a little bit in the sense that say, say you play Chicho in that in that front three? I'm assuming he probably plays off the left. I play him through the middle. And I put Bale and Bell in, the, in their in their best positions. Isn't but um, Bale's always played off the right? He can play on the left though too. Also, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think he played a lot of right wing while Cristiano was at. at uh, yeah. But I mean, he can he can play. He's I mean, he's you know, because I've always he's very two footed. Seen him off of playing opposite of Ronaldo, right? Yeah, and yeah. and then basically he's the one that, like you said, the way that Ronaldo plays is similar. Like weird comparing him to Chicho, right? But that's a that's the same run that that Ronaldo often makes, right? It's play the pass and then make it's play the layoff and then find the ball yeah, in a position yeah. to score. Right. Where does, where does Bale typically play for Wales? Well, they play. They as I think he plays striker. 
Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I who knows? Which is why I think who it knows? works because, again, all three of those guys can play through, have the opportunity, you know, to play through the middle. Yeah. I So for me, when Chicho has been on the left wing, it's not it's not the right position hmm. because again it's it's him on the ball dribbling at attackers and I don't think that's where he's best. Again, I, I think his off ball movement is really good. One or two touches once he gets on the ball in the box and finish. Um, I was reminded of his ability in the air. He doesn't score the goal, but just the fact that he's in the right position when uh, when fall it's like a, off a busted free kick or something or a corner kick and fall makes this this run to the end line. Mm-hmm. And then, kind of overcooks a cross, but Chicho's right there, uh, wide open, and rises up, and you know it's he he sends it wide of wide of the goal. But yeah. I was just kind of reminded of his ability to be in the right spot at the right time, and then to actually go for headers. Because I mean, how often have we seen an LAFC player go after an aerial cross? Not yeah. that that's the they don't they don't play that way typically, but. Um, it was just I don't know, it was an interesting thing to see. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot he's got that in his bag. Yeah. So Gareth Bale has primarily played off the right hand side of a three man, like a three four three, or in a, in a two striker system. He's on. He's the right striker. Okay. Right. Which again, he's played through the middle. He's played, you know, off off the right. He's capable of playing off the left. Um, but like I said, I I, I do feel like you're going to see more. It's probably if you're going to have someone drop in, it's probably going to be Carlos through the middle, right? And then look, yeah. look the yeah. stretch, um, like for Chicho to stretch off the left, and then and then Bale to make that run. Because if there's anyone that's going to find those those guys in space, it's going to be Carlos Vela. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bale is going to be your best player, so it would make sense to put him in in his best position. Uh, it's, I guess it's just a matter of how much ego is involved with, with Carlos, right? <laughs> is he yeah, I mean, but, but he's been playing through the middle a, a lot lately. Yeah, right? yeah. A lot of it is to save his legs. And this, could be, this could be a moot point. I mean, there's, there's rumors that Chicho is leaving. And it, I mean, if, if Chicho really is leaving, then it's a no-brainer. Rodriguez starts on the left, Vela's in the middle, and, and Bale would be on the right. Yeah. Um, or Bale and Vela swap. Like, those two will... Oh, it'll be fluid. It'll be fluid. Yeah, those two will interchange more than anything. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, they get caught trying to play out of the back. So, again, this is this is where I have an issue with what they did. You've decided, apparently, that you're going to go in and play for a draw. Scoreless draw, you're totally fine with it, right? And then in the 89th, 90th minute, you get caught in kind of this hectic moment trying to defend it's kind of like wave after wave of attack from Vancouver at this point and Ilya gets caught trying to pass the ball out of pressure to the feet of I believe it was Opoku in front of him Mm -hmm. and it's like why why even take that risk if the idea is just to survive for 90 minutes and steal a point on the road that ball at the 90th minute just needs to be hooked along and then you counter press it slowly. And, but like you're giving it to Opoku on the run, trying to, trying to get through everybody. Like you're not, you're not, you're not feeding it to bail or Vela. Like it's just not worth the risk to me. Well, and especially in that moment, right? Like you're not really, are you pushing to win there? Right. And I, I do feel though, 
that nine times out of ten, Chicho, I mean, uh, Ilya probably just cleared it, right? Yeah. He just seemed to have like a moment, a, a, a lapse of judgment in that moment, and you know, then you pay for it, right? But to that point, right, the reason why you have a guy like Ilya there to begin with is to make those to make better decisions in yeah. that particular moment, right? And to be fair, though, like he wasn't the only one doing that. Like there were a couple sequences towards the end of the game where it's like, guys, just get rid of the ball. That's right, but I mean, but that comes that comes a lot with the issue of trying to reprogram. You know, when you have a uh, when you have a set style of play, right? That that you're known for. That this is your identity, and then you're trying to switch it for this game. You know, like it never goes well. Yeah, to switch the tactics to that. You know, when have we ever seen a tactic switch go well? Right, like that wasn't an adjustment. It was like a full on. We're gonna go. We're gonna play a different way. Right. We're not actually going to try and be progressive. We're going to sit back. We're going to do these sort of things. Like, it, it just doesn't. I, I, again, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a time where that's actually worked out well when you're playing outside of your identity. Yeah, I. You know, I mean, I think I think teams are capable of changing tactics, and it's like we've talked about the Jose Mourinho thing, right? Your principles always stay the same. Your tactics change. Um, I think something as simple as hey we're almost out of this win and clear the ball right is it should be easy enough but i mean we he gets caught is what it is like he, yeah. he gets caught trying to be cute in vancouver where we're clinical finally and that was it um so i don't know if it's worth talking about all that much it's just uh it's a little bit frustrating to see the back three to see that system struggle so much um especially as it seems like the center back depth gets deeper <laughs> and they might be tempted to do it more again i am just not a fan just please steve just keep it to the four three three or some variation on it and uh and just rest those those center backs and cycle them through save keelini for the playoffs as much as you can um josh anything else from this game before we get into kind of our mid-season stuff here Nah, i think that this is one that I think everyone was ready to just move on to and get to get to the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we mentioned, uh, it's the middle of the season at this point. Actually, we're, I think, one game beyond the middle point of the season. But it's also midweek. We're a few days late on, on recording, so it's a good time for us to do our midseason grades, as is tradition. So we're going to go ahead and get into those. Um, I'm pulling up the LAFC roster here, Josh, so we don't make sure not to forget anybody. But let's just go ahead and start. We'll start with the DPs first. Um, Josh, Carlos Vela, midseason grade, A through F. Hit me with it. I'm going to go with a B minus, right? And I think most of that is, you know, like you 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 saw what he's capable of. You know what he can do when he plays with freedom. He just didn't have that ability, right? And um, as I alluded to earlier, earlier in the podcast right, when we first started, right, having – been in a position myself where you're trying you have to make decisions based on your family and these types of things it definitely is a cloud that hangs over your head right and if he in when i listened to his interview with max and vince earlier this week and kind of listening to how he discussed it right he's like he's really thinking to himself in a lot of it seems like he's, he was actually thinking to himself like how much how much do i push myself in this particular moment because what if i get hurt what if this happens and it just seemed Rather than he was, you know, like it became apparent that it was never, 
it was it was not like he was he wasn't mailing it in, but he was definitely overthinking, right? And an overthinking Bella is one that has never, you know, that has that hasn't been one to be successful throughout the course of his career. Now a Bella who plays with freedom that you know that has that plays knowing that everything else is settled is one that often you know is can be can play with transcendency, right? Um, yeah. You know, because he was he was always best when no one was paying attention to him. You know, in a in a random month, while he was at Sociedad. But, yeah. But now, if he's in a moment, obviously he's shown that he can be the MVP. These different things we've seen what he's capable of bringing to the table at moments throughout this year. It's just now a matter of, I think, him putting pen to paper, having having this freedom to to go out there knowing that his future is secure, and then also knowing who he has to work with, right, moving forward, right? And, and having a guy like, you know, Gareth Bale around him, having a guy like Keelian around him, who are now adults in the room. Right? When you add adults to a room, it it's going it can only it can only be beneficial. Yeah. And I, I I get all that. I think I'm giving him a C plus on this one, Josh. Uh, right now he's he's scored or assisted uh, eleven times through what is it, 18 games now? He's only played 16, though. Not all of those are full appearances, but that's a 68% or 68% uh, rate. And so instead of giving him a D here, I realize this is rich coming from me, who's like Mr. Eye Test, right? And don't, I don't want to take anything too literally. But what I've seen him do through the midfield in terms of creating stuff that's not going to show up on the score sheet, that's what raises the grade for me. So it takes him from a D plus to a C plus. I do think injuries have held him back and he's probably going to get back up there, but this is the guy who you want to carry everything. And for the most part, it, it hasn't all gone through him this year. Uh, I think he's on the upswing and uh, I'm looking forward to the next half of the season. I, I think that grade will likely change. Uh, Josh, what about Brian Rodriguez? Mm, incomplete. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's shown so many flashes, right? And, and, and from everything that we heard, all the stuff, all the concerns from before in terms of attitude and these things have kind of gone, are no longer an issue. It's just been availability, right? Like yeah. prior to him pulling his hamstring against Carson, he looked dominant, right? And doing the things that, you know, that we, we want to see him do and, you know, the things that made him a hot prospect, it's just been hurt. Right? So yeah. it's hard to truly, you know, to truly grade him beyond that. Uh, you know, like I said, it wouldn't be fair to be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is the same thing all over again. I think we're in a much different scenario with him. And, it, and I think a lot of it just comes down to now whether or not he can be healthy when they need him. Yeah, I think I think him going to Spain, I think him kind of falling out of out of grace with the Uruguayan national team has probably helped to, like, bring him down a few pegs and, like, understand, hey, you still got to work. You were you were a phenom, and it's not just LAFC that's dragging you down. Like, you took a step up to the next level. It's not about this team that's that's stunting your growth, right? It's it's you. You got to get better. Um, and so I, hopefully the attitude sticks, and, you know, he can he can put it all together too once he's once he's healthy and more available. So I'm I'm totally with you on incomplete. Yeah. Let's say to with, be fair, we do need him to basically – ball out for the next six months 
At least that that Gareth Bale contract is is looming. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so let's stick with the forwards. We'll go striker for now. Chicho Arango, Josh. Um, I'm gonna go with B plus. Like I like I. I mean, again, he's from a scoring perspective, he's really turned things. You know, like figure, starting. He's to got six goals, out. so yeah. he's tied with Vela for the for the most on the team. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing his thing. Um, I think you know, like I've always been a fan of him as a person and his attitude and how he what he brings to the table. Because um, you you know, again, you would never if he was discontent, you would never know, right? Right. Or whatever it may be. So um, you know, I'm always going to give him give him a plus for the way that he handles himself um, on the pitch. And yeah. so I think ultimately, um, you know, you want to see him figure out how to play with LASC's big guns, right? I think that's probably the last piece of the puzzle is how does Chicho figure out how to be a role player as opposed to be, as opposed to being the man when he's yeah. been, you know, like with a lot of these scorers, they've been the man for the majority of their career. And now to come into a situation where you're not that guy, and at this point you're, you know, even though he's he's been a, a huge part of our scoring output, you know, moving forward, he's we we he's third, right in terms of guys who we you know guys who we need to produce, or yeah. he's third in terms of probably the peck in terms of the actual pecking order, mm-hmm. but in terms of how the team needs them to perform, he needs to be the fourth guy. Yeah, because we need yeah. we need Brian to be the third guy, right? That, right. I mean, based right. on the contract and all these different things, like that's that's just what the team needs. But if he overperforms, which you know he has been, and that's what he's why he's been so valuable to the team, um, you know, like that is the upside of how he's playing is that you know he is, you know, he is perfectly capable of punching above his his contract weight, um, if if not into that lower DP range, right? Like. If he were to be on any other team in this league, he's a guy that's probably up around two mil salary. Like that DP that you can buy down. Yeah. Is probably his role on 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 other on other rosters, but for LAFC, right? You know, he's in the situation where he has to be, you know, he's gotta fit like I said, and just him if he can figure out how to put it all together within the context of the team, you know, this team's gonna be very difficult to stop. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting with the rumors out there that he's being shopped, uh, even giving him a grade at this point. But I think B plus is fair. I think um, he's clearly up there in terms of scoring output for this team. That doesn't really have one single scorer, um, but I also think that he can be more clinical. And there are chances that you see, and you're like, oh, you got to put that one away, dude. Uh, there's at least three, maybe four goals uh, that he could have had out there if he's just a little bit more clinical in his finishing. Um, let's stick, I guess, stick with strikers and go straight to Danny Musovsky. Now, don't grade him on a curve, Josh. Yeah, so I said, if we're comparing it to <laughs> the rest of the team, right, then, you know, he's probably somewhere around at C plus, B minus. But it's overperforming for what you expect from your fourth or fifth forward. So that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, I part of me wants to give him a, not necessarily for what he does on the field, but for overperforming what you See, overperforming. Then you're, then you're grading on a curve. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of actual performance, probably somewhere around the B minus or so. Like yeah. He's scoring goals. He's doing fine. 
because you know he's he's always gonna he's never gonna cheat you of effort. Um, you know, does the do, are there certain things he tried that don't come off? Sure, right. But we're not paying him to do those things, right? We're paying yeah. Brian Rodriguez and Carlos Vela to do those things. Yep. And so um, again, like you said, it's it's tough not to look at it from that perspective. But if we're going to be and if we're going to be just to, like from a purely objective standpoint, yeah, somewhere around the C plus B minus. Yeah. Just because some of the you know there you just you wish when you see him play, there's things that you just wish he did differently. But again, you know that's that it's a the hard it's a tall it's a it's a big ask for a guy that you know that you know that you're you pulled off from USL right. Yeah, I, I'm giving him a C. He he does his job, like and mm-hmm. on a good team like LAFC, a guy who simply does his job and plays his position is going to score more goals than you'd probably expect him to, right? Um, so I think he's a beneficiary of of playing on a good team. I think he does his job perfectly well. He puts away chances that he should for the most part, um, and he's in good spots for the most part. Uh, but his game is limited. So yeah. now, if you tell me that you're that he's going to become five hundred thousand in yam or four hundred thousand in yam. And he gets an A, A plus. <laughs> you mean you mean if they move him, like if they yeah. turn him like into if, that? Okay. If he's turned okay. into, I, I he, thought you meant I thought you meant if you're going to start paying him that. I was like, no, no, no. Second. If you that if would... you're able to flip him for that, then he gets an A for a season because that's that that is exactly what you want from those roster spots from a supplemental roster spot. If you can now flip them for for Something meaningful for allocation money. Yeah. Hey man, yeah. you know, part of our history. Thank you for the money. Thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Go back to work. Okay, uh, next one I guess in the pecking order here with the forwards is is uh, Apoku. I'm gonna go with a C. I want to grade him higher, especially after this the strong start he had. Mm-hmm. But there's too many there's too many opportunities that I that he doesn't finish. You know, again, and maybe I'm being harsh. Again, it's in the, again, I think we're running to the same issue of, you know, do we do we grade them based on pure like against what Carlos Vela or what those guys are doing, or do you grade it against what our expectations would be? And if it's graded against our expectations, you know, a B minus is probably fair. Graded against the, you know, against against what his performance has been, probably around a C because there's too many there's too many times where he should have squared up a ball. There's too many times where he should have made a particular pass. There's too many times where he should have done X, Y, or Z, and didn't, and then that was a that ended it. You know that killed a chance that you potentially had. Yeah, uh, I think the problem with the Poku is the goals that he scores are bangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he goes on these incredible runs and then finishes from a crazy angle or finishes from outside the box off the inside of the post. Uh, it, so it's like you're very drawn into these the 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 volley against uh who was it in ccl was that america club Club Mm -hmm. america that he scored that one against um he scores these incredible goals and he's got four in the season he's he's technically in third place for goals right well second there's a tie for first place uh between vela and and chicho so i i think i think based on goals alone He's probably B minus for me, but it's like seventy-eight to eighty-two percent, right? Who really cares? 
Uh, so I, I agree on everything else, though. Like, there are plenty of moments where it's like, dude, if you just added this one thing to your game, like, mm-hmm. sharpen your decision making in the final third, yeah. you would be and he's, and he's young, right? So he, you know, he's gonna we give him the benefit of the doubt in the long run, right? If yeah, but we can't fight. grade him on it. We can't grade him on a curve. We already we already torched Danny Musovski, so for sure. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, like for example, like, but it's a guy that I'm not, I'm not anxious to see him. His role change anytime soon, right? Right, I mean, right. Like if if you're going to tell me he's going to be the guy that comes in as your change of pace, you know, mm-hmm. in the last thirty minutes of the game, I'm perfectly okay with that, right? Like he, like, but again, to ask him to to, to do more heavy lifting, right? It's it's probably too much for him at this point in his career. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I I want him to, you know, be as a useful sub off the bench. I want him to make the occasional start when somebody needs a rest and yeah, he's going to score goals when he does. All right. Moving into the midfield, Josh, let's start with, let's start with the dark horse. Well, I guess let's start with the attacking midfielders. Let's go to Latif blessing. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to get the ball started on this one. Uh, I think Latif receives a D for this season, man. Um, I don't think he's been all that effective in the press or creating chances. It's kind of the same thing. And maybe maybe this is harsh because it's grading him against what we've seen him do in the past. And again, we're in this weird thing where we said we weren't going to grade on a curve, but now I am uh, grading against against past success. Uh, man, I just don't think – I don't know if he has it uh, in the midfield in the way that LAFC needs him to. And I don't, I, it's tough for me to say whether it's other teams catching up and like kind of knowing what to do with him and how to contain him a little bit, or if the role has changed too much from just destroy or, or what I, I, it's, it's tough, but, um, he's, uh, he's per 90, Josh, he's, he only makes 3.9 progressive passes. Mm. Uh, he only makes it's like 80 his his pass completion is in the low 80% per 90. He doesn't even attempt very many passes. Um he's not winning the ball at the same rate that he used to. Uh it's just not man, it's just not the same as it used to be. And then we've always talked about his his lack of ability to really create for himself or others in the box and it's just like ah Maybe maybe we need to find an, another position for him again where we can use his strengths. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he's plateaued, right? And then yeah. as the team as a whole has changed around him for better or for worse, he hasn't been able to quite evolve his game to now continue to be effective in the way that he's needed, right? Like, kind of like what you're able to do, right? Mm-hmm. Because, for example, when you have a 29 29 year old Carlos Bella, who can still press, who can still do these different things, right? You can play that high tempo 2019 style, but as Bella picks up injuries, as there's, you know, trying to come in and been a little bit more pragmatic, his effectiveness has definitely, you know, changed quite a bit in that sense because, again, they just don't, they don't, they're not utilizing him in that same way either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think 
part of it is, I think, is that I think some of it is him not evolving, some of it is utilization. And so when those two things have collided, right, you end up, you know, I think your grade is probably fair. Um, again, still never teach you of effort, never, you know, in terms of how he plays, you know, never, you know, you know, he'll, he'll always play with heart, all these different things that you, that brought us to love Latif as a member of LFC and one of the longest running members of LFC at this point. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you have to wonder, and has, has, has the team moved on, not necessarily from him, but has, you know, has the team evolved to a point where he's no longer the best option? And I think yeah. it's a fair question to ask at this point. Yeah. So let me, let me put a few more numbers to this just because I, I, I want to justify this because he, he's been such an important player and in no way am I advocating for him to leave. Uh, it's, it's about something this year. Um, so his assist per 90.04, it's a 46th percentile for MLS midfielders. Uh, his, let's see. Passes attempted is 41.85 per 90, and that's in the 27th percentile. So he just he doesn't give up the ball, and this is something we've always talked about. It, in, when it was him and Kay, they were either firing passes way too early uh, or, or just not giving up the ball at all. And to me, this is kind of a double-edged sword with, with Latif that's bringing down his passes attempted. Because he doesn't combine with the midfielders to then create – it's all typically once he gets the ball, it's over. Like I'm going to make that final pass and it's either going to work or not. Uh, pass completion percentage already mentioned 47th percentile in MLS progressive passes, 47th percentile in MLS. Now, like you said, he is never going to cheat you on effort. And that comes through in his pressures and interceptions, right? Two things where it's just about like being at the right spot quickly where he's in the 91st and the 93rd percentile in the league. Um, so it's it's a harsh grade, but I, I think I think it's warranted. And man, I, I hope he I hope he puts it together soon. Um, but we should probably keep, we should probably keep moving here, uh, so we don't get too bogged down. Uh, C Fuentes, Josh, what do you got? I'm gonna go C plus, and I think mm. that's probably being a, a bit generous. Yeah, you know, I would have said again, C, but and again, he's a guy that I think. You know, we have really high expectations for in terms of being that guy who can sew it all together, but just hasn't, again, I, I just haven't seen an evolution in his ability from year to year to year to put my faith in saying, okay, if when we look at the total starting 11, who's the who's the guy that we're going to, we want to pull out and say, I want someone else? Probably yeah. him. Yeah. Right? Um because the rest of the spots, the guys are are performing well, you know, and so, you know, at least for the most part, right? And so, yeah, I mean, again, maybe it's a bit harsh, but at the same time, like I said, I just don't, I just haven't seen, the, you know, same, uh, same with Latif, right? What, what has been your progression to fit into this next iteration of the team? Um, we've seen Carlos Vela do it, right? We've seen Brian Rodriguez, Rodriguez kind of figure things out. We've seen Chicho, you know, slowly kind of figure these things out too same thing with the defender same thing with you know i i just haven't seen what that next move is from either uh from either latif or from sifu yeah interesting thing about the numbers on sifu just to again to kind of compare with with uh latif blessing his 
so if you go to FB ref and you just look at his per 90 statistics, he is in the 90th percentile for almost every category when it comes to goal creation. When it comes to passing, he's in the 80th or 90th percentile, except for passes attempted and pass completion, which is actually worse than Latif Blessing. Uh, and then he's up there defensively as well uh, in the 90th percentile and at least pressure. So like, there's so many things that he does really well. Um, but for a guy that a lot of times you're running the entire offense through, uh, like you do need a little bit more from him in terms of creating and, and especially finishing. I think, I think finishing is the one where he gets so overzealous with his shot attempts that it's just like, dude, find a pass from now on. You're not allowed to like, just take the green light off of my, out of the box because it's like so overzealous with him. Um, Anything else on on Sifu or are you good? No, I'm not good. All right. Uh, Janela. B minus. Yeah. I mean, again, same problem. I would, I would say failing, to be honest. Yeah. Because he's just, he doesn't even play. Yeah. He just collects a big check and he doesn't play. For, for the, when you think about the price and then the production, right, a few good passes here and there is not enough yeah. to justify it. Right? To be fair, I thought he had a decent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, all things considered, it's a, the system wasn't right. Uh, again, against Vancouver, the tactics were wrong between the attacking mids and the and the strikers. But man, but I mean, at the same time, he's never for what, on the field for 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 what they're paying for him. Yeah, I need a guy that can adapt and to figure it out, right? Like, you know, there's uh, there's guys that are on, you know, like Musafsky has been able to figure out at a better rate than he. Is. Yeah, as a supplemental player, Bryce, Duke, yeah. you know, as a as a homegrown, figured out ways to get on the field more than he did. Um, Bryce Duke played way more than him last year. Yeah. Absolutely. So that yeah. and that's why when I look at the grand scheme of things, it's like it's like he, along with, you know, again, seafood to a certain degree, blessing for sure. Now, um, have just not progressed in in a, in a positive way, right? Yeah. Like they're fine, they're good, you know. In you, but. But you almost have to create a system to make them fit, as opposed to those guys being able to play up to a level. Right. And right. In the past, Blessing played up to a level. Sifu yeah. has done it at times. K played up to a level, right? In 2019, um, Janela has never played to the level. Mm-mm. And I think that's that's why, right? He's like he's either B minus or an F. Yeah. All right, Ilya Sanchez, Josh. Oh, A plus. Billy yeah. A is my man crush on this team. Um, yeah, he's he's the metronome. He's the guy that generally does just about everything right, right, except for the the last play of that game where you give away a, a bad ball. But yeah. his positioning, what he means to the team, you know, the things that you see from a leadership perspective, all those different things. Like again, this this team is not in the position that it is without his influence. Yep. Yep. Uh, underrated part of Ilya's game, aerial, uh, aerial duels, man. Ninety seventh percentile in the league <laughs> for aerial duels. Can you believe he that? Just undercut everyone. Uh, <laughs> he feels like that kind of guy, where he just waits for everyone to he's come just, down. He's and then just the old grizzled it. guy, like, oh yeah, you go up in the air first and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, he's, jump. he's the dark horse, I started to go into it earlier, but he's a dark horse candidate for MVP. If this team, if this team like reaches 
the points total that LAFC in 2019 did, he should absolutely be in the talk in the in the discussion for uh, for MVP because he's he's what makes it all tick. Like he is the glue, like you said, the metronome in between the in between the defense and the attackers that links everything together. Uh, and without him, this whole thing falls apart in a big way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. All right, Kellen Acosta. I want to give him a higher grade because I think he's been he's he's his potential has yet to be reached because of the way that they've had to use him in multiple spots. But I think he's probably going to end up somewhere around a B minus where I think he potentially could have been higher had he been able to play his position more. I I let's put it this I think he has the potential to be more influ- more influential than he has been. But a lot of the reason why he hasn't has been because he's talented enough that he has to fill in everywhere else, right? It's like yeah. he, he's in that weird spot where he's he's a better right back than Latif, right? And so you almost have to put him there and allow Latif. But Latif is a decent enough midfielder, right? That That's the decision you make as opposed to, you know, playing a weaker right back and then him at, and Acosta at his full strength. So I think... His, and it's happened multiple times, whether it's with the national team, whether it was in the past with Dallas or Colorado, where he's he's been played out of posi- out of his best positions because of his ability. And I, yeah. like I said, I, I see yeah. flashes. I see his ability to connect with Carlos Vela. Um, you know, like you can see when they combine, that's the guy that Carlos trusts, mm-hmm. right? In, in the midfield, mm-hmm. it's either him or Ilya, right? Those are the two guys that he's going to link up with, and he'll only make the run if those the balls at their feet. But generally speaking, if it's any of the other guys, he's doesn't, you know, it seems like that's when he knows it's not going to get it back, so why bother? Um, and so, like I said, I, I would like to give him a higher grade, but he probably has to fall somewhere around the B minus just because, again, you just haven't seen it. Yeah, I give him a B. And if, if, you, if we want to really push this academic thing even further, I think it's like all his assignments are really good. Mm-hmm. And then he just didn't turn like three or four in. <laughs> Because it's like he's playing right back or he's with the national team or whatever. Yeah. And so like that drags his grade way down, right? Um, it, it, when when you see him, especially when you see him out there with Ilya, it's like this this is it. This is what mm-hmm. we want. And when it's when it's those two and Sifu, it's like, okay, this midfield can cook a little bit more than than other iterations. If you add even a better passer out there to combine, then then I think that would be, you know, preferable to Sifu even, but um, yeah, I, I just want to see more of him. I want to see him finish those last those last couple assignments and and be involved. So yeah, it sounds like my kid at school. Like yeah, 100% yeah. on the test and then what? You didn't turn in seven whole assignments? Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering, that's the end of the midfielders. So if you feel like there's not enough midfielders, it's because there's not on this roster. Yeah. Like they need another midfielder like we've been talking about forever. Uh, but we're just two guys with mics, Josh. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move to the back line. Uh, we'll start with uh, Jesus Murillo. I think he's got to get an A. Like yeah. Murillo, for as much as we were hard, you know, were hard on him last year, he has he has passed every test I've needed to see from him this season. Um, yep. He's in terms of you know, like there is no better player in this league in terms of recovery. Yeah, right? like just you know and. It, 
and his ability to put out fires, and especially with a team that is, that does play as progressive as LAFC, there's a lot of fires to put out, right? Because you're yeah. caught in transition. He is that guy. Um, you know, to the point where I was listening to Football Americas, and they're doing a comparison between LAFC and Club America, right? Like position for position, who wins? And the, they're like, when you think of the back line, they're like, Mario is the best defender of, of those two teams. And that is wild. To have yeah. an MLS defender be the best player when you're comparing to a league yep. like these teams. So that is that is um, that is big, uh, and so like I said, in term and again for a guy that looked like he was going to lose his job because of the emergence of Paul, he mm. has come out swinging and said, "Come take it, young buck." Yeah, I, the, there are no you can't make any complaints about him defensively. Like defensively, he is locked down, and I think Ooh. it was the Red Bull game right where we talked about like him one on one was. Uh, he had a, this flawless performance one-on-one against everybody, and he was one-on-one a lot in that in that match. He feels like a guy that's benefited dramatically from having Kropo and Ilya around him, right? A true commander at the back, yeah. and then also a guy in front of you who can screen a lot of... Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good passer. No, We'll just well, go ahead and say that. Not, not great decision-maker on the ball. Uh, far too many especially in the Vancouver match, far too many times where, you know, Vancouver's just going to let him be on the ball, even as they press with the front three and just let him launch balls into the stratosphere. Um, so that's like the one weakness. But yeah, I'm there with an A because the job that they want him to do, which is put out all the fires, he does. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Call him the Bombonero or something like that. Okay. Uh, Mamadou Fall, let's go there next. B minus. That's I, a I just low. haven't seen him lately. Okay. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, again, like, I think he, if you were to ask me, you know, five games ago, like, before, like if, you were to, if we were to have this conversation before the opening cup game, right? He's an A, A minus, someone that B plus maybe. But again, I don't know what's happened if he's in Steve's doghouse, if, if something's going on, there's lessons that he's got to learn before they, they unleash him. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it just feels like for a guy with he's a guy with a lot of promise, and a you know, and a guy that has all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. I just I just have to wonder what's caused this more recent fall from grace. Yeah, I, I that it is weird to me that he hasn't played so much. Um, but I, I mean, I have to give him an A just because he is. He's the reason that you can play Mario, right? Mm-hmm. And when it's Ipeaga in there, you realize just how much of a of a passing presence that he is. Uh, the goals that he adds, um, I I mean, I I couldn't really ask for anything more from him to be yeah, totally maybe, honest, maybe except availability. It's, it's recency bias, right? I just yeah, like yeah. the last month. I just like, I don't know what's happened. Like, yeah. He didn't play. Right. Right. Hopefully it's at the shopping Ibiaga and they just want him to show up, but who knows? Who knows? They're kind of they're kind of uh, quiet about injuries. Like I, I know that he left with an injury, and then like you, you just never know when guys are coming back. Same with Segura, mm-hmm. right? It's like oh, we'll be back in April, and then now it's July, and like he's finally getting a half because mm-hmm. Mario got poked in the eye. So it's like who knows? Who knows when it comes to this stuff? Uh, Eddie Segura, I would say, is incomplete. Sebastian Ibiaga, Josh. B minus. 
yeah, he's my like. I even give him a B just because of he's been thrust into a position we never thought to see, right? So again, we're not again if we're grading on a if we're not grading on a curve, right? C C plus somewhere in there. If you're grading on a curve, B B plus because again, I yeah I didn't expect him to play have to play this much, right? Mm. And again, and from what I everything that I understand, he's a great locker room guy too. So I'm gonna give him some bonus points for that just because again, it's something that the team had been lacking for a while, right, in terms of just a guy that puts it all together, right? Like, if he's my new beta short, then he's going to get he's gonna get bonus points for me. Oh, man. Even if he is, like, he's got to be better on the field for me. He's been he's been fine-ish with, uh, with the minutes that he's got since Fall got injured, but, man, he is just such a disaster on the ball. Uh, and he doesn't you – can, you can allow for Mario to be bad on the ball, but you can't allow for Ibeaga because he doesn't have the def- the same defensive chops. So it's just it's tough. So I don't know. C minus for me, I suppose. Um, any other center backs really? Uh, not there's no sense I'm in getting playing. to Segura. We already mentioned that Chiellini's not there. Henry's gone. Um, so I, I think that's I think that's basically it. Uh, let's go to the fullbacks. Uh, Diego Palacios. A plus. I mean, like, yeah. he has been the best player throughout the course of the season. I mean, Ilya, right? So maybe if, if Ilya is an A-plus, then i got to give Cheeky an A, A-minus, somewhere there. Um, but uh-huh. he's been wonderful, right? He's, like, for as much as we were killing him early on because of some of the positional things, some of these, he has somehow figured it out and has generally been one, like, cons- you know, he's consistently been one of the better players on the team. Yeah. You know, over the over the past you know maybe after game four or five no it was mm-hmm. after that galaxy game right the first galaxy game basically after that one he's just looked like a different person yeah i mean he's been he's been it was only like three or four games i feel like where it was like dude what is going on with this but he is he's been incredible i think i go with an a minus uh similar to the kellen acosta thing like missed a few assignments early on and then dialed in and it's just been lights out um if you want to see a fun table to look at, look at his table on FB ref because it's like all green, like all the way across. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he is, he's been phenomenal. Um, so can't wait to see what else he does. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead. Hey, another guy I read, like come in, does everything you need to meet. Again, like we were harsh on him in the beginning because he was a, a right footed Right back, couldn't know how to play right back. Right. Gave, up some, gave up some weird chances, things like that. Yeah. But I mean, he scores goals. He brings a, a grittiness and a toughness to the team that you know they've needed for a while. Um, again, it's hard to complain about anything that he that you know that Hollingshead has done over the course of the season. The only time we've had any complaints about Hollingshead is when he's played right back. Again, he's a right-footed left back that we're complaining about being played at right back, but. His positioning there just is not as good. And you've seen a couple, I think it's two mix-ups with him uh, where there's two goals against LAFC and he's kind of standing there like either in somebody's way or not covering who he should be. But again, this is one of those oper- This is one of those times where it is appropriate to grade on a curve because it's not even playing his position, right? Yeah. Uh, he's just filling in for you. And his so, reps, right? Like he yeah. hasn't got the reps there that you would that you would need him to to feel comfortable and those types of things so again yeah. like that's why it's like 
I'm going to give him a lot higher marks because again, the, when what what he's done over the course of the season, like you know, I it's generally all positive. Yeah, Franco Escobar, B B plus, somewhere yeah. there. Right, he was hurt, you know, yeah. for that at the, the beginning, but I you love what he brings to the table, like the, so good. Like, yeah, like he so you know, good. The, the, he. he he does all the things from a tactical perspective that you need him to do. And then he just brings this edge that we've, we've never had. So yeah. We, you know, like I, you know, like I could probably go as high as, and I could, I would be able to go higher had he been available more. But again, like we just missed a fair amount of time. It's very Alexi Lawless. What does Alexi always say? He says something like uh, your greatest, your greatest ability is your availability. I think is yeah. what he says. Yeah. And he hasn't been available. But when he is, he's great. And that's both, he's a great 1v1 defender. Uh, and he's phenomenal in the attacking third. So I mean, he's, yeah. I give, give him an A minus for me. I'm, I'm good with that. Maxime Cripeau, Josh. B. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he ha- he's, a, he's got a match winner in him, made some boneheaded mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right, it's mm-hmm. gonna happen. Like he, again, he's never had to play this much out of the back over the course of his career. Yeah. So yeah, some of this is going to come with, you know, there there is a learning curve for him. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, is is he the best goalkeeper we've ever had? One hundred percent. Yeah, I I I think B is fair because again, there's some he's let in some weird goals. And he has conceded some weird possession that led to goals. Uh, so it's, I, I think that's fair. It's also scary that he's by far the best goalkeeper we've ever had. And he only gets a B, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like he's, it's not like he's Manuel Neuer out there. It's just kind of like, well, he, I mean, he's solid. He's been good. Mm-hmm. And he's, that's way better than what we've seen in the past. So anyway, uh, should we, should we hit up Chirondolo? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give him an A minus. Yeah, I'll give him an A. He, he'll he'll get a full A when they beat, you know, when when they when he wins his El Trafico. Yeah, right? that's what I got to see. I so mean, for me, I I would have gone A plus because top of the table, he's on pace to to do 2019 again, but it moved, gets moved down just a little bit because yeah, he lost in he continued he lost in Carson lost in Vancouver. Um, so can't quite, can't quite get that still. Um, and it wasn't a good you, look uh, at the, in the open cup game either, right? Like, yeah. Getting blown out in that yeah. fashion, mm-hmm. the way the team handled themselves on the field, yeah. like it just, it wasn't a good look. Right. So, so yeah, just a couple of things, but overall the season has gone really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if, the when changes they hired that, him, if you're going to tell me this is where we were at, I'm going to say, okay, eight plus yeah. all the way. Right. Yeah. right. But right. In, right. If we're being really picky, which you know, this is why they don't pay us to do this, um, yeah. right? We're gonna be, we can be critical about the fact that you know, like I, I need to see the team perform in a big moment. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's all. All that's out of the way. We we haven't got to our listener questions yet, Josh. Um, I guess we should go ahead, go ahead and give JT a grade. Um, I, I'll give him an A minus as well. Uh, brought in Bale. Brought in Chiellini. Still need a midfielder. 
Uh, I'll give him an A. What the heck? Uh, I, I think I think that the lack of depth in the midfield is the problem. The lack of a of a true back of right back is a bit shaky. But everywhere else, it's kind of like Chirundolo, right? Everything's mm-hmm. been great except for these couple of things that have reared their head so far, which yeah. is midfield and, depth and, and right again, back like, depth. And they've been able to, be, when the injury bug bit, the team was pretty resilient, right? So I'm going to give him yeah. some credit yeah, there. Right? And the yeah. fact that, like, had this happened last year, like, we're, we're, we're under the playoff line, right? Yeah. But this team got bit by the injury bug and then still ended up in first place. Yeah. So to be able to weather that storm says a lot about the team that he's built. Um, and he know, signed Gareth Bale. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, uh, like I said, I've 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 never I've, yeah I've never been shy to to criticize him, but you know, he's he's got he's getting getting made for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so real quick, let's get to the questions here. At Yogo Torre sixty six, Vancouver got lucky. I'm convinced LAFC need to fill that dir- that third DP now. Chicho can't always do it on his own. LAFC playing with zero DPS last night is ridiculous. I don't know if I can argue with a whole lot. Sometimes, sometimes Yogo Torre gets a little bit too much for me. I, I don't know. Chicho can't do it alone. That's why he's not a DP. That's why he's not in Europe, right? Um, he does need a little bit more support, and you would like to see more DPs out there, even when you're rotating, I guess. Yeah. yeah like, you want to have one. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to have <laughs> you got to have three on the roster. Yeah. So... All right, Tom Camilleri at Bronco Fan 07. Vancouver basically played 10-0-0 for 75 minutes, and a bad Ilya play led to the only goal. LAFC still has one of the one more win in Vancouver in their history than they do in Carson. Yeah, I feel like the Vancouver trips always come at a time where we don't care. Like they're always yeah. willing to punt yeah. that game for whatever reason. Like the timing always just works out that it's the game that you're willing. To, to to you know to try and play for a draw. It's a trap game, man. Yeah. It's a, you think we can go there, we can steal a point by not doing anything, and so it's just a trap game. It's. I hate to use such a cliche, but like, I mean, <laughs> what I've else seen, do you call I've it at this point? The twenty nineteen, I believe, team got blown off the pitch there. So. Yeah, it was like two or three nothing, right? Yeah, I think that's where Jordy Reyna had like two or three goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, come on, guys. All right, Sombra Amarath. It was uh, it was sloppy to begin with and careless in the end. In between, we managed to look good, but what matters is the end result, and we simply cannot come away empty-handed in games that we essentially control throughout. This was an absolutely frustrating loss. We let the draw slip away. It is frustrating because it's like everybody kind of understood. Got it. Rotate, draw, get out. And you're 89, 90th minute, and it's like, come on, guys, we're just going to give it up late, but whatever yeah i mean again the it's it's frustrating but one that i'm not going to get too worked up over yeah yeah uh donuts at steely zidane zero shots on target zero corners 59 percent possession no identity out there that's striking yeah that you can have 60 percent of possession and you can't win a corner and you can't put anything on target yikes but that's why I think when, when I you know I was being more critical of like them playing out of position, like I don't think they stuck to the same. I think they actually moved away from their principles. 
because they were doing stuff that was out of character in terms of how they went about it in this game. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's well, again, I, I think I think when you stack guys on top of each other, like I said at the beginning of the show, like it's not like those passing angles are going to open up. So, like, so something that I've talked about on the show is this idea of like first, second, and third line passes, right? When you have players that are in the same vertical channel right next to each other, so like the two attacking mids and the two strikers, you take away the ability to pass around pressure unless somebody moves, right? So if that starting if that starting position requires either a first line or a third line pass, either in front of the pressure or through the pressure, like you're taking away an important option and being able to play around those guys. And it's just... Ah, I, it's just a silly thing to me, but whatever. All right. Uh, Monster Twins. Normally, I would be very upset over our loss. Knowing this was a lineup to simply play for the game, uh, play the game and get home, the loss the losses impact didn't sting. LAFC is bigger and better than yesterday. No worries. We are still the best in MLS. This is a good perspective, right? Mm-hmm. An out-of-character loss in what is a good season so far. Yep. I'm I, like I don't nothing to disagree with there. Uh, at LA Wanderer, here's our boy Monty. Rubbish midfield again. You gotta love when like people give away where they're where they're from. Like that's very Australian of him to say. Rubbish midfield again, reminding me of the Open Cup loss. Uh, what do you expect, man? When it's when it's Latif and Janelle out there as the attacking mid, like this is what you get, dude. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not coming after you, Monty. It's just like that we've been screaming about this for so long uh, that I, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Again, it's. I I understand what he's saying. There's there's been I think there's other games that I would have I would have made this argument more vehemently, right? Yeah. And and this yeah. is with our our anticipated starting one, right? Yep. Like with our best eleven, there's. I'm I'm still going to make some of those some of those um, those arguments because I think they're warranted. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, in this game, yeah, it's frustrating because you expect you expect them to bring it, you know, at least look competent. But mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all the questions we got, Josh. So uh, we got through it. It's a little bit longer than normal, but. Um... Big game this Friday against LA Galaxy. Hopefully everybody's rested. Hopefully we get to see at least Bale. I don't. I don't know if I need to see Chiellini on Friday. To be honest, like uh, the back line has played well. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you mess with that. I I would love to see Bale uh, at least get thirty minutes or something to just let him go. Like let him go nuts at, at home. I wonder. I, I, I you hope that he's able to process his visa in time. I think that's supposed. I think he was with a team, wasn't he? Didn't they put out some videos of him at at least with the team? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't even know if he was in the States. I know Chiellini was training. Okay. I think Bale in El Trafico is one of those where it's like, even if his visa is processed Friday at 4.30 p.m., like you just take him he's, he's playing in that game at some yeah. point. I mean, you and you, you try to hope he can summon those. That Zlatan moment or something like that. Yeah. I just think it like this is the biggest match in MLS every single time they play it. That's why they make sure to have like three or four of these things in a year because MLS is just so craven. Um, but I mean, this, the upside of this Apple deal, right, is like all the games are going to be, what is it, Saturday? Wednesday, Saturday or something? Yeah, something like that. Hmm. 
well, uh, we'll be here to talk to you uh, after that match. You can tweet at the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh. LAC Josh. All right. Thank you all for listening. Good night.